and we're back. Season two of the One Take Podcast. First episode for 2024 as well. It's been a long off-season, but it's good to be back in the mix. So shout out to all the Warriors fans who got behind us in season one as well, whether you're tuning in through the podcast platforms or watching along on YouTube. You guys have made the second season happen, so grateful for your support. Shout out as well to the TAB for jumping back on board for season two. Of course, no NRL action on at the moment. I think pre-season, she's about a month away from the first games, but still plenty of sport in the mixer. NFL playoffs, NBA, got the cricket, the mighty black caps. So make sure you download the app or head along to their website if you are that way inclined. And remember R18 and please gamble responsibly. But it's time now to welcome in the man of the hour, it looks like the old New Zealand summers have been good to him, you know. He's nice and bronze, Monty Beetham, mate. How's the off-season been? It's been long, but footy's just on the horizon. Benny, it has been long. Plenty of sun, which is nice, but it hasn't been as long for me because I've been in and around the action. I've been seeing the boys. I've been yeah. seeing them come back. I've been having the chance to scratch that itch, if you'd like, because mm-hmm. I've been seeing them in motion and seeing what it's like having Chino Harris to come back, seeing Roger return, seeing... Uh, their thoughts on how everything's progressing, man. So, um, you know, for the people on the outside, it's been too long. Uh, for me, I've luckily I've been close to the action, so I could, uh, you know, temper that excitement, man. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you more about that shortly and scratching that itch that I have as a fan as well, because I haven't been around and you dropping those names there. It's got me excited. Another guy who hasn't been around much this summer, but he's back now and ready to rip in. He's been spending a lot of time over the ditch. He's coming back with the Misso and a plus one as well. So congrats, Jacko, mate. Yeah, thanks, a new brother. addition to the family. But good to be back in the crease for 2024. I'm excited, mate. Yeah, it's very good. I'm excited for a big year here. I'm excited for a big year on the podcast. And um, yeah, the plan is at this stage for you boys to be in every Monday talking footy. So um, if you're a Warriors fan, there's it's not, not much of a better way to spend your Monday afternoon than listening to the great Monty Beetham talk code. So um, yeah, I'm excited, bro. Ready to rip in. Well, I think we finished last year prior to the finals, so I thought we'd kind of start from there and then mm. talk about this year as well. And, and what a special run it was. I look back on that home game here at Mount Smart, Go Media Stadium against the Knights. The place was packed. It was probably one of the best atmospheres we've ever seen as a club. Just how special was it to have finals footy back in Auckland? I don't think that game can be rivaled from what I've experienced, what I've seen over the years. And I had the privilege of being up in the commentary box with mm. um uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Lama, and honestly, what I was seeing and the emotion, I was trying to hold back because of the occasion, and that was the occasion because the Knights were coming in on some absolute fine form with some of the best players in form, in, in, in career best form, mm. uh, that is, and um, you weren't too sure what was going to happen. We were all looking at Sean Johnson in the warm-up. I've been seeing him through that week, and I was worried. Uh, I know that he was potentially going to play the previous week, uh, but it didn't happen, uh, but just sort of seeing Sean and also understanding that he didn't do the full warm-up that everyone else did. Uh, he was, you know, taking a little bit easier in warm-up and just throughout that whole game I was watching him and just ha- having a look because he's just so important to the course. Uh, but he stood up, he was clutching the boys and the fans. You know, mm. you talk about the fans, this podcast is, you know, possible because of them. They're a big part of it. But the results that the boys have and what they do at Go Media Stadium is unreal. Has not been rivaled in, in the 30th season or throughout the 29 seasons previous, man. Unreal. You mentioned you were nervous. I was actually uh, over in Mykonos. One of the great mistakes from me started the old European summer. Doesn't sound like a mistake. A, a couple of weeks too early, and every morning I was just waking up, checking my phone updates to see if the Prince of Penrose was in the mixer. But in the end, the boys turned on probably one of the best performances of the season, right? Unreal against 
the informed team mm. um, going into it. They were running a hot red form going in with uh, the best players in the competition. You know, you know, Kalen Ponga, uh, the Daily M player, and we won't get started about that and, and what happened on that night. But uh, <laughs> but he was in fine form. And he wanted to come and spoil the party. Uh, you know, two guys going at it. You know, not not head to head, so to speak. But geez, in terms of um, what they were doing and defensively that night, what they did on the edge, because we knew that we coming in that 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 right um, side threat with Kalen Ponga and what they could do and how he could just turn it on its head and and just be so formidable um, was freakish. Uh, a lot of great attacking players in that night side. Uh, we knew that they were going to be a team to beat after the round one game when they started off the season against them down in Wellington. Uh, but, geez, that, that fine form, man. Just to, to watch it and to feel the occasion, because quite often I put the mic down and the headset and I just sit back and I just listen to the crowd. Um, and where I was sitting in the commentary box, it is the overview. You get the full 360-degree mm. view, and you get the fans down below you saying what they feel and what they mean and how they express it. And you get a real uh, feeling of the sentiment in the crowd for the for the boys. Yeah. And, man, they're loved, they're adored, and it, and it, it did really make me feel special that um, our heroes of today or of last year mm. uh, were, were being treated like that, you know, especially with the dark years previous to that. I've always actually wanted to ask because obviously you're so involved with the club and you're you're a legend of the club. Is it hard in that commentary position to not just give it the big ones and be the ultimate oh, fan and really man. show your emotion? Because I, I think like they probably ask you to kind of stay a bit impartial but yeah, show a bit yeah. of passion. But it must be tough for you. Um, this leg, uh, the stomp that I have <laughs> on that leg on occasion when the boys would miss out on opportunity mm. or not quite get there, or me just sort of leaving the commentary for moments because I was just like ah. Oh. Like I'm on a roller coaster, man. I go up, I go mm. down with the team, uh, you know. But at the same time, I try and stay impartial because, um, you know, the Warriors aren't everyone's number one side in this country, and you got to realise that if they're not number one, they're possibly number two, uh, which is cool too. We understand that, but um, you know, there's some great uh, New Zealand talent going to other clubs in and around the place, and they're scattered throughout. Uh, but to answer your question, bro, it, it is hard, but over the years you get better at it, um, and you try and get better, and, and I can tell I'm back in commentary this year with Glenn Narmer, and the yeah. crew's pretty much re- remaining the same, so uh, I just want to get better at the craft, because I really do find it an absolute privilege to come in on the scholarship at 15, have aspirations playing first grade, do that, be able to get behind the camera, and now call, mm. which is a huge privilege to call the heroes of today, can as the heroes of today Think about how many kids want to play the game now because of them and what they did last year in 2023. Sean Johnson played the game because of what Stacey did 20 years ago. There'll be so many other people that want to play the game because of what Sean Johnson is doing yeah. and also what Adam's doing. And then next year with Roger and mm. Chanel Harris-Tavita, all these guys coming back. These legends and what they're able to do create the future. You know, we've got five teams next year, yeah. three pathway teams. I can't wait. No, I think I can safely say on behalf of all fans, we love listening to you in the commentary box, That's mate. Right. You do an unreal job. Obviously, we won that game, booked a spot in the prelim and a trip over to Suncorp to take on a pretty impressive Broncos side. And I think there were probably moments in that game on reflection or whether it was calls or, or just missed opportunities that kind of let us down from that game. But we were right in the mix, weren't we? So it was kind of a weird feeling come full time because you're so proud of the boys efforts but it was almost you know looking back at opportunities and perhaps moments that got away from us yeah absolutely and I've been in those games and been sort of uh, you know in those games where no matter what you try and do and you go with the best plans and intentions um, it just doesn't work you know they had um, a pretty good strategy in themselves going into contact and offloading straight away we've had Jazz come out in the last past month talk about it and not being able to contain that and and really combat their strategy um, uh, but you think about the Panthers' side, unbelievable what they've done the past three years. 
Uh, but this Broncos side, and in, in, in terms of attacking prowess and what they could do, I, I, you know, I, I look at them and I think, in terms of straight out and out attacking ability, that they probably possess more than mm. than the Panthers. But it was the defence that won the Panthers uh, the titles and titles over the last three years. Um, but that 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 Broncos side and at home in Suncorp, where though we know there's a lot of Kiwi support there, mm. uh, what a game to play in, man! And um, you know, unfortunately. You can, couldn't quite get the result, and you know they probably still probably deserve to win the Broncos. There were a few calls that went against the the boys as well, but you know as they learn now that in those moments, it's what's next. Mm. You know because you got to leave that behind, you got to drop it, and you just got to just carry on and, and try and uh, you know recapture that momentum or return to earth. And it is a Warriors podcast, but we should mention just something quick from the grand final, like that 20 minutes there from Nathan Cleary. Have you ever seen a performance like that? Because I thought they were down and out. I'm sure Broncos fans were probably celebrating already, having a couple extra cold Look, ones. But I, then... I feel for the Broncos. The yeah. last two grand finals they're in, they've mm. been taken from them when it's yeah. in their grasp. So they've they've won and they've lost it. You know, mm. obviously the Cowboys are back on that final play and that final whistle, uh, that's probably a little bit more heartbreaking. But to see that, you know, like you don't normally saw man. Uh, Ezra Mam score three tries, mm. uh, play the way he plays, and then get in the position with 16 minutes to go. And then, you know, as you mentioned, um, you know, Clary comes back and just puts on a masterclass with the rest of the boys. But that's culture, that's class, that's that, that's calm, um, you know, and then uh, don't forget, Luai went off, mm. you know, you had someone else come on and, and, and finish that game off in clutch. So it was beautiful, really good to admire. I guess looking back on the season as a whole, like obviously we're nominated for Helberg Team of the Year. That's pretty unreal. We had five players nominated for Dallium Team of the Year. I think three got in, and then we had the Dallium Coach of the Year, which is outstanding. I guess at the beach over summer, when you're looking back, just how proud of the year and what kind of words come to mind to sum up the the season that's just been? I think everyone would say proud, and no one would would think anything more or less of of that because mm. in terms of what I expected going in, uh, you know, being there from uh, the start of last year's preseason, probably thinking, I'm not too sure if we've got enough depth or firepower in the squad uh, to do what they did and prove they've got more depth than I believe that they did have at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the culture being built from virtually nothing over the previous three years with COVID and that to really seeing it form and the belief coming on, you know, winning four games in the first five, I think, help embed mm. uh, that belief and culture that they are on the right track and they can do it, you know, to to go away without chance and to have your training trial attain to a picky go over and have a, a masterclass performance in 80 minutes on a tough road to Townsville and then to go and come back uh, from behind mm. to have a clutch kick from uh, Sean Johnson uh, to win against uh, Cronulla. They, those sort of wins... Uh, when the belief is building, the culture is building beforehand, that cements it and that makes it feel like it is really possible to kick on and, and do more than mm. what people believe you're capable of, man. So loved it, man. Yeah, you mentioned those away wins there. I saw an interesting stat the other day. I think we were 8 from 12 at home and 8 from 12 on the road, yeah. which, you know, the Warriors in the past, we've always known that home's a fortress for us, but to be able to go on the road and pull off some historic wins, some massive comebacks, like that game against the Raiders, that was one of our yeah. best performances yeah. of the year. So that just shows a team that's really bonded, right? And some of our best wins were on the road, mm. you know, like wins that you, you know, in the manner of which they came back and they won, like we talk about Cronulla. That Raiders game, you know, that was an important game because mm. it's one of their very, very best to have ever worn the jumper celebrating 300. Uh, so they were up. The crowd was there. I think it was the uh, the first time they had, they've had a full crowd since Mel Meninga days. Yeah. Uh, so that shows you the occasion. That shows you the hype. Uh, but the boys went there and they um, didn't want to follow the script, you know, and they had a, a debut centre, yeah. uh, Ali Leotawa. 
um, who, to give you some more insight, who's been outstanding in preseason. Oh. Uh, when I saw what he did in the cup uh, games and, and just seeing him out there, it just just makes you really excited. And as I just saw his uncle down here before, Ali Laotiti, and uh, we didn't talk about um, uh, young Ali, but uh, mm. look, I just this there's just likeness there for me and just absolute big freak. But that's the new breed of guys coming through, mm. um, and you know the guys that from here last year uh, who were sort of the lesser known that come through cup, uh, they're yeah. knocking on the door, man. So that's kind of 2023. In terms of 2024 heading into this year, what what do you think the biggest improvements are needed? Because we made it through to a prelim, outstanding stuff, but yep. obviously the boys have higher goals. So what kind of areas do you think that they'll be focusing on? Well, now you've got real strike across the board. Mm. Um, strike that I don't think we quite had last year. Now that's strike because... Uh, we've got some new players coming in, but that's also strike because we've had players grow mm-hmm. within that year period. Rocco Berry and what he's done and the belief he's had in being in New Zealand A, Ali Leotawa, um, other players, Tainto Opiki, and then just, just players within the squad then now, having a year under a coach that has helped them believe that they are very capable, them actually having those runs on the board, playing against some of the best in the competition and seeing that, okay, they're not so scary and I'm getting a result against this person, whether it be one-on-one or within a, mm. a team situation. Uh, and, and, and that's what really counts. So the firepower that's come back or that's on board, uh, you know, plus the combinations of last year, they're better because they're one year into it. You know, mm. this time last year, uh, everyone was getting used to the shape. Everyone was getting used to different systems in defence and attack. Uh, but now I can tell you from what I've been seeing, they're trying to even uh, level up from last year because mm. now that the shape... Um, everyone knowing um, what's expected of them and where to be, it's just looking that much more exciting. You mentioned the coach there, Andrew Webster, of course, Dallium Coach of the Year, and one of the big off-season re-signings was actually him putting pen to paper and extending through till yeah. 2028, which is outstanding stuff, because he was already locked in. The fact that he was willing to add three more years yeah. just shows his commitment. How big is that, not only for... The, the NRL side, but also these young lads coming through to have a guy like that at the helm, keeping an eye on everything and just making the club stronger as a whole. Bro, he's amazing. He, he really is. I often sit there and I go and join in some of the, the sessions, whether it be uh, a chat uh, to, about, to talk about the, the week coming up mm-hmm. or just to reflect on the previous session uh, they had, which was yesterday. And, and just what he says, which is concise, um, it's very much to the point, but it, it's... He's always on in terms of that's what was needed. Uh, I think it was uh, day two of preseason uh, this year, and um, I had spoken to one person within the club, and they were talking about how great uh, the side was looking. Uh, that wasn't the messaging coming from him. Uh, the messaging wasn't, and it wasn't coming in a bad way, mm. but it was about needing improvement, how how to be better, and talking about you know like within the game, certain players may only have five to ten reps in terms of when they touch the ball, they have involvement in the game. But through training, there's 100 reps plus. Mm. So you got to make sure that you maximise those opportunities to get better throughout those reps. You know, it's just, just, he's just always on the money in terms of what he does. And what hasn't changed, bro, and which is the most pleasing thing was for him and the players is um, he's still the humble mm. uh, Andrew Webster. He comes in, he talks to everyone, he says hello to sponsors, he says hello to people that are just coming down in terms of fans, and he really wants to get better. Um, and look, he's, 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 he's not changed one bit.
Another re-signing as well was the skip, locking in for another year. Tohu Harris is probably a physio's worst nightmare, but he's, <laughs> he's going to strap up the rig and go again. Just how big is that as well, you know? An inspirational leader, probably unlucky to not be in that Dallium team of the year, but that's just a testament to the quality of footballers out there. But he, he really leads, doesn't he? By his actions more so than his words. Yeah. I said it back end of last year, he's changed the narrative of the 13 in our club. When we think about 13 in this club, we think about um, the Australian guys that have come over that have been hardworking. Not 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 just them, but you know the Michael Lux, the uh, Kevin Campions, the guys that are hard nosed, um, head down, bum up. But Tohu is that plus X factor, and plus Tohu is like six foot five. Uh, just the presence himself in the middle of the field with his ball playing ability, his late footwork, um, and his engine as well. Like he really is. Um, the different 13 that we've, we've ever experienced at this club. Um, he, he was a huge reason why we were successful last year mm-hmm. in terms of on the field, off the field. And he's still as humble. Uh, we had the under-19 open trial, well, not open trial, we had under-19 um, in-house trial in the weekend, and he was there on the sideline um, with his, his family there, with Nat as well, just you know supporting the, the, the warriors of tomorrow the future warriors and just just shows you how humble he is and how he cares about the club uh, from the grassroots all the way through in terms of the lower levels um, but you know he doesn't say a hell of a lot mm. um, but in terms of his actions how he trains um, but just how he plays you know if you think about you in the middle of the field trying to defend um, a big man like that who's got late football who's got that pass mm. threat who can be, beat you with his sheer size it becomes a real problem um, you know, Yayo's a similar uh, sort yeah. of player for, for Penrith. Uh, but just Tohu and, and what he's been able to do and, and how he's come back, you know, already being a premiership winner, um, he's huge for this club. And not just some big re-signings, some big signings as well. And I'm sure plenty of people are tuning in just to hear you talk about the new additions because everyone's very excited. But we'll start with the first one and probably the most recent, Kurt Capewell. Kurt Capewell, yeah. as the fans have adapted, joins us from the Broncos, effective immediately, a three-year deal. Like, What a pick-up that is, right? A massive addition to us to our squad, a rep footballer. Huge. So put that down to two things. Uh, Webby, mm-hmm. uh, his relationship with Webby and just you know how good Webby is and um, why people want to sort of play for him and, and work underneath him, but also what the, the class of 2023 did. Um, there are real threats of them going further than what they did last year. And even in that very first conversation I had with Kurt Capel and we're in the physio room, and it was me getting the physio, not Kurt hey, Capel, it was the old dinosaur. That's refreshing. Uh, Kurt was um, already, we already spoke about a premiership. Premiership came yeah. up at least once within mm. the conversation. So he's not here on a holiday. He's here to uh, get a job done, and um, he's got a real presence around the club. I haven't seen a lot of him out on the field training because um, mm. the back end of last year wasn't doing a hell of a lot. Um, but he's definitely fitted in well, man, and um, with his expertise and his um, runs on the board, mm. you know, and, and, and being another big body on an edge, um, that just that creates more havoc. Yeah, you mentioned premierships. He's he's got two of them. He played in a grand final last year, nine games for Queensland. I think I saw as well he has a seventy percent career winning record. So he loves to get the dubs. But what about him on the field? Kind of excites you the most about what he could bring to this team? Yeah, well, but, but like winners just find ways to win, mm. and and when you're around those sort of players, you pick up what they do and how they do it. Uh, so on the field is one thing, and I think it's going to be a freak on the edge in his leadership because I think there's parts of the game as well where uh, you, you need those uh, moments within the game where a leader will step up and they'll do something that you need. Kevin Campion used to do it back in our day, and there was a number of other players that would just step up. Stacey would do it. There was a number of big-time uh, players that just when you needed it most, and it, and it wasn't a, a huge player, but sometimes it would just be a player that just 
change the momentum or just makes you think, I've got to get off my ass and I've got to put my hand up now mm. and I've got to go forward and do that. And I think he's that guy that you want to be able to follow and, and do that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, he, what he's got, that's for sure. And then the return of, of two favourite sons, I guess, the first one being Rog back at Go Media Stadium and looking sharp, both of them looking great. Nick, I tell you what, they're, they're not afraid of fighting gravity and pushing some tin in the gym, are they? But how impressed have you been with Rog both on and off the field since he's come back? And do you get that kind of feeling of a, a buzz and excitement for him? And Does he seem quite refreshed and just stoked to be back in the mix? Uh, refreshed is a great word for Rog. Um, excited is a great word for Rog. Um, but just an absolute freak. Like I always speak about Rog previously about being the ultimate student of the game. Um, especially when you get a student or someone that's going to work hard but has the freakish ability that he does, mm-hmm. very much like a Sonny Bull Williams. Um, it's it's outstanding. He's of a great age. Um, he's come in and I always sort of check in with him and just get a gauge on how he's feeling and how he feels the environment is in and around him. And I just saw him the other day and straight away he's talking about we don't know who that back five is going to be. Mm. You know, I, I, I don't know. He can't pick it. He can't understand. It. And then I talk to him and I go, you're right. If you can't pick it and I can't pick it and everyone's training like um, they want to be in that five, which everyone yeah. wants to be, you know, because every year you start off, uh, you want to be in that first 17. Everyone's trialling and, and training hard in pre-season to be in that first 17. That's when you start the year, especially when you're, you're promising so much. So, um, you know, Roger's just been a presence around the place because he's just a ball of muscle mm. from top <laughs> yeah. to toe. He's an absolute ball man. of muscle. But yeah. the way that muscle moves on the field mm. and the whack that we've seen multiple oh. times, and I'm glad I've watched it from afar and I've experienced him whacking other people, mm. I'd hate to be in front of him and seeing that because yeah. he just defies gravity sometimes in what he does, mate. And I've seen it time and time again, day after day, and just watching that. And, you know, there's even people like Sean and that just standing back and just going, mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and when you as a player see your teammates doing that and know what they're capable of, um, you get excited about the season ahead because uh, that's just one of the many attributes you've got in and around the place. But, you know, um, the great thing about Roger too is he's been putting his head down, bum up. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been saying a lot because he's earning the trust and respect of those players in and around him, which he's got. He's been up the front in terms of fitness as well. He's been in the, the top echelon of that. He really has been working hard to make his mark to come back. He's not coming back just to... Um, you know, to put up his hand and, and get security for three years because yeah. he could have gone overseas and got security and a lot of more money. Yeah. But, man, he's, he's on. Well, you heard it here first. Opposition team, strap your ankles because <laughs> Roger's back. And then we talk about Chanel, and you mentioned before you don't know who's going to be in the back five. Man, what a luxury that we have there in that halves position mm. as well. There's some quality footballers all fighting it out. But I guess, again, maybe refreshed, energetic. What have you noticed from Chanel after a little break from the game? But now he's back in the mix. Oh, look, he just shows his class because uh, what I always liked about him when he was a player is he always competes. Mm. And, like, he'll compete to the bitter end. Even when he played his final games for Torsa Moore and he played in the final as a hooker, um, if you go back and watch that game, how he just – run himself ragged and just keep moving, keep competing. And then even if you watch him when he plays for the Warriors, he will pop up in positions that you don't expect him to be because it's the effort on effort Mm -hmm. uh, plus a little bit more, and that's what you get from Chanel. Um, And he's been putting the smack down in training, laying the (laughs) smack down in training as well, and he's been enjoying coming back, refreshed, Mm -hmm. like he was a 17-year-old when he started training here. So uh, to come back, to have that year off, absence meets a heart grow fondo, and he saw what he did, and he's just a – Great part of the boy. He's always smiling um, mm. and he's a, a great guy to be around. But that's the thing with him, you know, like you're going, uh, you know, the the back five or, or even six and seven, like where is he going to play? Where can he be? Because there's a whole host of halves that mm. could 
be in that that mix. But you know, like like Lance or higher, he was probably picked at fourteen before he even picked your six and your seven. Yeah. Because there was an absolute weapon there. Mm. And I think you know, Harris Tavir can be the same. He could be an absolute weapon at fourteen. He could play anywhere on the field. And I mean that. He could even play in the middle of the park. Mm. You know, loose forward, and if we know if you're playing loose forward, sometimes it's no different to be playing prop because you're in the middle of the field. You might not take the, the hit-ups, but he can play anywhere on the field. And, um, you know, he's a big body. He's come back with a lot of maturity, and um, I just, I'm really excited about the kid because he just wants to compete and he wants to win. So, um, you know, some, some really good things happening, man. You've mentioned a couple names there of, of people that have really impressed you so far this preseason, but is there anyone else that cut? People, maybe ones to watch that people aren't so familiar with, whether it be Topside or some of these young boys yeah. coming through, because you've had a lot to do with the Pathways program as yeah, well. Yeah, there's some great kids coming through in the Pathways, but when you think about the top 30 and the guys just probably just a little bit underneath them, or top 30 that you haven't seen yet, mm. um, look, they're a year on in their experience, and when we think about the training that I've seen, whether it be the wrestling with Kaikara France and John Vake, or out there competing on the field, uh, you know, the Jake Labans, uh, Zion Mauus, mm. um, Dimitrik is coming back from his knee. He, he looks like he's well ahead of schedule. They they feel like they belong now. Last year they were sort of training with their idols mm-hmm. and um, probably didn't want to do a lot against their idols, but now they are just fixing their idols up and their idols are fixing them up. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not personal. Yeah, That's what I've liked about this year as opposed to last year. Sometimes when it got a little bit confrontational early on, people started to think, oh, it's probably not the way it should be, but mm. now it's part of the culture. It should be the way you be because you should expect the best from your person and you should compete. We've got guys out there like Jazz and, and everyone just, just giving it to each other, Tain to a picky, mm. uh, to Martin, who's another strong man, believe yeah. it or not. It's not just a pretty face. Oh, he can hurt. Uh, he oh, can mate, hurt. But even wrestling. Uh, yeah. But these guys really are competing with each other and pushing it to you know the, the, the full of their limits, the mm. most of their limits. So... Um, I don't think that was there the same time last year, although yeah. they, they were training. They really have leveled up, and they need to level up if they want to get to where they want to be, which is ultimate the premiers. And then just quickly before we get into the fan questions, because, geez, they flooded through. I mentioned the Pathways program there, but I thought we'd just touch on it a little bit more because you've been quite involved, and there's been a lot of work done on it in the off-season. They've got yeah. their own gym now, things yeah. like that, which is going to be massive, right? Because for so long that's been one of the things during this COVID process where perhaps we have lost some talent, but now moving forward... Looks like the club's going to be in a strong position for a long time. The pillars are there. It will be if the boys, like they did last year, play the way they do. And mm-hmm. it's not always about winning, about it. it's about the belief in playing and competing each and every week because that's what the people at home watch on the TV and mm-hmm. that's what impresses them and that's what makes the kid or the parents at home go, man, that that makes me feel good watching that. Then yeah. the kids want to be a part of that. I like the Sean Johns as you watch Stacey and so on. So... I have no doubt after the, the kids watching last year, they want to be involved. And if you think about the pathways, I mean, we've got a squad of 40 for the um, SG ball, which is under-19s. I know uh, the under-17s, Howard Matts, have got a squad of 40. And this, that's a quality squad, Yeah. Um, each of those squads. And I know we've got even under-15s and a few boys there. Then we've got, obviously, Juicy Flex, so five teams, yeah. um, pathways coming through. So we understand that after the uh, SG ball, 10 of them might move up to Juicy Flag. Uh, and vice versa, there's guys that can play multiple years in each grade, um, you know. And in time, um, everyone's going to want to be in that position to be vying to be, uh, you know, the top honours of being in the top thirty contract, man. So that's where it should be. 2011, 2002, we had previous years where the juniors coming through um, had experience of playing in the colours, loved 
uh, playing in the colours and had aspirations of, of being higher honours. So this is what it needs, I reckon, to take that next step, man. He's got me excited. Year 30, 2024, maybe we could add that to those special Let's years go. you just mentioned. But Jacko, we'll throw to you, mate, because you threw it out there for some fan questions and they've come in for months. Yeah, Zuru. Oh, we actually might start with you, Benny, for this oh. one and then um, Monty can follow on from you. So Nico Dewey asks, what game are you looking most forward to this year? So as you cast your eye over the draw, is there any games that stand out for you um, that you're really looking forward to? Well, straight away you go to round one, right, at, at the Fortress. What, Friday night game, March the 8th against the Sharkies. There'll be a bit of feeling in that one too. And I think we come in with a bit more expectation this year in terms of other teams are really expecting us to be a force. But then also that Anzac game. I think it's special to have an Anzac game here. It's going to be unreal Thursday night at home. Can't wait for that. Monts, any games that stand out for you oh, beyond that? I'm with Benny, man, because yep. it's always about that first game. You know, the trials are there, but like Kevin Campbell used to say back in the day, I don't like trials, mate. You're fucking injured. <laughs> so he used to say, just settle down, don't play those. But, you know, obviously the trials are one thing. But um, I think game one, mm-hmm. and like Benny said, uh, what happens now is there's expectations and people know that you are the guy. And, and you know, from the hunter to the hunted now, uh, so to speak, and they become – a measuring stick, you know, how good are you? Well, let's find out how good you are against the Warriors now. So, you know, that's the expectation that individuals have to deal with as well. Awesome. Uh, we'll flip again. Benny, uh, favourite moment from the past season? I know you touched on 2023 off the top. Um, if Owen 15 asks, favourite moment in particular, is there any one that stands out from last year for you? I think just pumping the nights like that because we spoke about it before, like there was that nervous anticipation, mm. a bit of the uncertainty, the unknown, and just to be back in finals football at home, like sold out crowd, you were just so hopeful that the boys could pull it off and then they just came out and played so free and mm. it looked like none of it bothered them. They looked so confident and it was just kind of the perfect way to kick off that finals. And another image that keeps popping up into my head is just that Canberra game just because that was so special. All the talk in the week was how it was such a big occasion for one of their greats. And then that Cronulla game, those are probably the ones that stand out for me just because mm. I know so many friends that turned their TV off during that game. How dare you? <laughs> How <laughs> well, they dare missed, you? They missed that. Just, just on there too, Jack, I was um, obviously uh, if the boys had gone back-to-back losses in the finals playoff series – yeah. Everyone, the haters would have jumped yeah. up. We had a lot of guys jumping on the bandwagon, and there was a lot of guys waiting for us to lose and go bang, bang, and mm-hmm. go see, and they'll go see. I told you, same old Warriors. So the pressure was on, and even without Sean and what Sean did was uh, extreme to come back from. But then the crowd support, they got behind the boys and everything else, and the boys had one of the best wins against the most informed team in the competition, running red hot. Um, that was huge because I was worried about it because I was thinking if they go bang, bang, everyone goes, ah, oh, I was just a fluke, boy, shouldn't yeah. be there. But they. They got so much belief from that, you know, and um, that was that was impressive. So that was a huge game for me. I'll add my favourite moment came after the season. I think seeing Webby ads at the Dell EMs get on stage, Dell and do their thing. Mm. As a fan, I think it, when you see this club in an Australian competition, I know that we are very much a part of the competition, but when you yeah. see us recognised amongst that group of elite peers and then to have Webby kind of take out the big one. That was that's Adam my best moment. Best dressed as well, surely. Best dressed. Adam was one hundred percent best dressed. Best yeah, dressed. Versace went into cocktail yeah, attire. He's um, yeah, he kills it. Um, Mons, I suppose this is one for you. It's a bit of an inner sanctum question from Jesse, but who's the best hype man of the twenty twenty four Warriors? So I suppose who brings the energy? Best hype man. Well, yeah, who's bringing that's the most the energy in now, the club? Because last year, Marcelo Montoya was a huge one. <laughs> Chance was a huge one, but Rogers a huge one. Like there is more hype men in around the place, which is 
which is good. It's not just hype too. They bring hype, but they bring expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what you want, you know, because that's what lifts the bar. And, you know, because you can't always be up every day, but a lot of these guys are always up. Um, but with the squad now, um, so I mentioned Marcelo, I mentioned uh, Chance, Rogers, another guy who, who sends out a Chahu every now and again. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, even some of the young boys coming through. So there is a number of them doing it. And that means they're happy in what they're doing. The culture is there. I um, mean, they're enjoying Because sometimes I'm going, man, why are you Chahuing, man? Because you're just being put through your, your paces. <laughs> yeah. And like they're getting, they're tough sessions, you know, and um, it just, just shows you when you love what you're doing, man, it's, it's, becomes a beautiful place to be a part of. Who was the big energy guy in your day in terms of at the Warriors? Who was kind of one that stands out as someone who was either annoying you too yeah. much or just always no, carrying on? There's a lot on. of energy, man, in the, in, the, in the good years. You know, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of banter. Um, there's a lot of one-liners more than anything. Like Francis <laughs> Malley was the one-line king. He'd always be yeah. coming on. And, um, you know, I was nev- never forget in that podcast when we had the Once We Warrior and – Simon Mannering, the goat, was amongst it, and um, he was asked to go and stay with um, Simon Mannering uh, with uh, Francis Mallet at his house. And then he says, "On the thing, man, he was meant to be good, but I couldn't see it. It was like a water polo blower." <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about Simon Mannering, but um, look, there was a lot of high energy boys because it's similar to what the Penrith Panthers are like now with the music going mm. and the yeah. like. You know, like we had fairly we had more two weird or the boys, and that's what they would do. You know, they were like Penrith of of, of today. Yeah. 20 years ago. Pre-social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-social yeah. media and Thanks for that. blasting. <laughs> um, all right, cool. And Mons, this one is comes from uh, Jaira Moana. Uh, apologies if I've mispronounced that. But they ask, what are the Warriors' uh, goals when it comes to pathways for rugby league in Aotearoa? So Benny touched on it. You have had a little bit to do with the pathways, yeah, over the yeah. particularly over the preseason. Um, probably a, a broad question when I ask what are the goals, but... What's kind of the, yeah. the club focus when it comes to that pathways? Well, uh, I think the focus is huge to the fact that, you know, we've got our, our fearless owner, Robbo, who's invested in buying another building on the premises just so that our pathway's got their own gym. Because there's no way we can have five teams going into the one gym. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got um, Winter Hill College. We've got a partnership with them down there where we've got our 19s and our 17s, and they're training four times a week. Um, and I'm spending 10 hours a week down there with those kids. Uh, with probably three to four coaches with each squad um, and some of the talent coming through is huge. Um, the investment into the pathways, uh, money-wise, financially, but also uh, the care and the understanding of how important they are to the future of this club is absolutely huge, man. So the 17s and 19s will play in a, in a condensed competition, which is going to be uh, nine weeks. Uh, they kick off uh, the first week in February. Uh, where they go back and forth. We've got the flag that's going to play all year round um, underneath Ricky Henry as well. So, I mean, what better way is it going to be? You, The importance is not where you are, where you start. So if you start in the 19s and you show form, sorry, 19s, but it's not about winning game. It's about uh, getting the individual better and they'll get moved on. They'll get moved up to harder challenges to better themselves as individuals so that one day they can potentially get that goal of becoming a first-grade player. Sick. Uh, and two two last quick ones before we get out of here, Benny. Um, I suppose question for both of you. Uh, Joshy asks, could RTS become one of the great Warriors centres? Now, again, like Monty said, we don't know kind of how this back five is going to shape up, but um, if Roger does find himself on an edge, Benny, what, what, what excites you about seeing him out there in a bit of space? Oh, just his footwork, his ability to beat a player one-on-one. He's not a selfish footballer either. He's strong defensively. Like, I think he's just the complete package, isn't he? And... Yeah, he just gives us that other strike option, which I think all these really top established sides have. So I think he makes us that kind of complete back five, and it's just great to have the Dalian winner back home where he does it, where he needs to be. 
When you get homegrown talent wanting to play in the club and like all his, the reason why he came back from the Roosters after winning a premiership because he wanted to be the first to win it here. Uh, and the more players that are in that situation like him that care so much about being the first to win it, the better this place is going to be. He doesn't, he, he doesn't mind what edge he plays on. He can play on the left, he can play, play on the right. But I'll, I'll throw one out there. What if he starts on, on, on a wing? And then you've got someone like Rocco Berry and you've also got, you know, Ali Lautawa. And also, of course, uh, our man uh, Wetu played every minute of every game yeah. last year. There's Wetu. some real threat across the board. But Roger brings real strike power. Uh, he can beat a player one-on-one, whether it's um, with momentum or whether it's just from a standing start. It, it doesn't really matter. And sometimes in games where it's hard to break, he will give you that break. Yeah. All he needs is a one-on-one. And you'll have the opportunity. The more one-on-ones he gets, the more potential that you can just change the momentum of a game, change the direction which it's going. Uh, and you know, we've seen a number of try-saving tackles from him over the years at fullback. Mm. I know, but players like that just—they're they're the ones that can just change uh, the result of a game. Massive addition to the leadership group as well, right? A former yeah. skipper coming back. You've already got Tohu, Sean, Adam, mm. Wade, all these guys. Mm. And then you throw Roger in the mix. Like when times are tough, there's so many guys to turn to now. So. Yeah, and, and the unique part about that too, there is no leadership group. Webby doesn't like that. He just loves everyone being a leader. And we're seeing that more and more, Benny. Mm. We're seeing young guys coming through, um, having voice now and uh, and leading. And, you know, I'll be sitting there in, in, a, in a conversation and Webby will ask a question. And if you don't talk back and if you're not nice and loud, he'll, he'll be frowning upon you because that's a big part of it. You've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to talk. And that's one thing we're trying to get within the um, the junior ranks and pathways because import, um, it's important it's communication, which is talk, which is response. You know it's working because he's even got Rocco Berry talking. Rocco doesn't open his <laughs> no, mouth. So. Shut Rocco up. <laughs> yeah. But how exciting is he next year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he Damn. just came on mm. in leaps and bounds, man. That try he scored against the Knights out here. No. That he had no right was, to score no. that try. Mm. He had no right. He's an absolute freak. He's a big human. Yeah. And last one, um, Monty, last one for you. It, it's a bit of a wholesome question, but they ask, what's your favourite part about being a warrior in your current role? Because you kind of touched on it, having that full circle moment as coming here as a young fellow and yeah. into commentary, and now you're kind of back around the building. But what's your favourite, I suppose, part about being being at this club still? Uh, I think over the, the course of the last sort of six weeks, it's been doing a lot of work with the Pathways under-19s. Uh, I was the first captain of the first um, under-19s to play overseas in Australia back in 1997. <laughs> uh, minor premieres, we lost to Penrith in the final. Reese West, they had a blind-up punk. Uh, <laughs> and Penrith, of course, Penrith went on to win it. But just to go back, go full circle and be able to help these kids. Because when I came through the Pathway, there was no Pathway. I was the very first, and we just sort of we didn't have support as we've got now. We had no welfare managers, we had no high performance, we had nothing, but we found a way to get there. So to now go back and to have experienced what I have, and to be able to try and help nurture these young guys that come through and have the same um, experiences that I've had, being especially being a homegrown talent, because it doesn't hit it hits better, and it just hits different when you're homegrown talent um, wearing that, that that Warriors jumper. Um, I just want so many more of those guys to experience it and to be here one day when we go, boom, we did it, we won it, and then hopefully multiple times after that. Gun. That's a wrap on fan questions, Benny. Perfect, great stuff. Well, that's actually a wrap for the first episode. So season yeah. two underway, great stuff. Appreciate you, Monty. Love chatting to you. And like Jacko said, it's going to be a more regular thing. So I'm sure Warriors fans will be stoked about that in and around the player chats as well. So plenty of content coming the fans' way. So stay tuned. She's going to be a big year on the one take potty. Cheers, bro. Let's go.